Hello and you're very welcome back to the Public Eye Podcast, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how these companies have come to be. We'll be gaining insight into their growth and how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for new episodes over the next six weeks and subscribe to stay up to date. Today, I'm joined by Jervis McGinnity, Director of Business Law at Granite Legal Services. Jervis, you are very welcome to the podcast. Now, before we begin, I'm just going to give people a little bit of background on Granite Legal. Granite Legal is a niche commercial law practice offering a range of legal advice for individuals and businesses, from advice on employment law to the management of all an enterprise's legal requirements. Clients can access a full, professional and tailored package which will service their specific business needs. Their team is focused on providing sound practical advice to clients in both the private and public sectors and across a wide range of industries. They have significant experience in working with all types of businesses and organisations, from startups to established businesses, seeking opportunities to grow and expand. So Jervis, it sounds like you're kept very busy anyway. You can tell us first of all, if you will, how the opportunity came around for you to join the company. Good morning, Sarah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it came at uh, a perfect time in my life. Really, um, I had uh, started off with a law degree in Queens, and within that, I, I, I had taken a year out to study in the US. And when I finished my law degree, I wasn't sure if I was going to go into practice. Uh, it can be very difficult uh, in Northern Ireland. The number of places uh, to allow uh, students to qualify as a solicitor or barrister are fairly limited and uh, I tried the entrance examination twice, didn't get it and uh, decided then I'd move to England. So I spent the formative years of my legal career in England and uh, in private practice, I qualified as a solicitor over there, acting initially for a trade union practice. I uh, effectively switched sides, for want of a better term, from uh, acting for claimants to acting for the employers. And uh, at that point, my practice areas developed in that uh, whilst initially I was uh, a pure employment lawyer, uh, I took on lots more commercial and corporate work. So I trundled along uh, in that sort of role until 2009. And then the opportunity arose to return to Northern Ireland. I was approached by Norbrook Laboratories and uh, I became their company solicitor. Um, I was there from 2009 until 2017 mm-hmm. um, and a uh, combination of both personal and, and, and professional reasons uh, led me to leave Norbrook and to uh, undertake consultancy work. Um, sadly at the time my, my partner's father was quite ill in Manchester and she wanted the time to travel backwards and forwards to look after him and that meant I was uh, I became self-employed so I Mm -hmm. could 
both work and manage the kids uh, whilst uh, Janice was undertaking something that was very, very important to her. Um, sadly, Janice's dad passed away in December, uh, 2nd of December 2018. Uh, at that stage, we decided that we were going to revert to our more traditional roles. Uh, in the new year, I started to ramp up the consultancy work I was doing. And I had an opportunity to undertake a fixed term contract in Dublin. Um, I didn't particularly relish the traveling up and down to Dublin. And it would have been a requirement that I did. Um, I had conversations with another local entrepreneur here and he was keen to uh, have established in Uri a commercially focused legal practice and I very much like that idea. Mm. I thought that Newry is uh, a good town. Uh, there are It's ideally located between Dublin and Belfast and uh, I, I genuinely felt there wasn't a practice in the city that uh, offered a viable alternative to the commercial practices in either Dublin or Belfast. And I thought there was an opportunity there. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you've no regrets either because you're now based right here in this very building uh, where we're, we're broadcasting from, the wonderful Granite Exchange. Obviously, a lot has happened during 2020. Um, very challenging times to, to be running a business, but you definitely have no regrets. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, the type of work I do is, uh, you know, there are many established businesses in Uri. There are lots of entrepreneurs. There is plenty of work in the area. The local businesses traditionally would have went to Belfast or Dublin. I want to try and encourage them to stay and to seek service offerings in in, in the Newry area. The uh, I think the difficult time that uh, we have had, everybody, business and, and, and personal alike, as a consequence of COVID, has meant everybody has looked through different uh, look through how they do things with a different lens and you know this time last year i would never have undertaken a a, a zoom meeting no, I, I, I hadn't heard of zoom this time no, last year. absolutely um presenteeism was a, a reality mm -hmm. where people were expected to be at work in order to do their work um uh, uh, and I think what the last 12 months have shown us is that it, it's not necessary mm -hmm. that once you have the right people who are engaged in their job, provided you have the appropriate technologies and give the appropriate support, then uh, the new way of working is 100% viable. And it, it actually helps people, I think, have a work-life balance. Mm -hmm. uh, I have friends who would work in Dublin and they are ecstatic that they no longer have to spend upwards of three hours a day traveling. And that's time they either get to spend uh, uh, dealing with work tasks or indeed time they get to spend with their family. And, and, and that's what a work-life balance is about. And I think... Yeah. And we'll probably see more people staying in employment. I'm thinking of, of people maybe with young children Correct. or with caring responsibilities for whom the old way just didn't allow any flexibility. Correct. I know. I, I agree. Like, I mean, the reality is, 
the employment laws we have always allowed for the concept of flexible working. But, um, and I use this as a particular example, um, the right to request flexible working existed, but there was never an obligation on an employer to give uh, or to grant that request. Uh, and what, what you see now is that flexible working has become a necessity for the uh, employer's business to survive. And I think employees are the beneficiaries to that. Now, in terms of Granite Exchange as well, because you do have, um, you know, a suite of offices here available. Um, again, there's flexibility there. If, if, you, if you need to, to meet people or if you need to do something that's a bit more official, you could work here, but you can also work from home and that suits you. Are you living close by as well? I live close by. I live in a, a little place called Drummond Tea. Uh, it's about seven miles outside Newry. Um, I, I personally, I like to get into the office. I like to have that, I suppose, separation of, of work time and, and home time. I have a home office. Uh, I have worked in that home office for a couple of years. I base myself from it. But uh, that's just a personal preference for me. Um, one of the reasons that we chose Granite Exchange as uh, a base for the new practice is is because of the transient population. So, as you said, the guys here, they rent out office space to various businesses. So people can come for a day, for a week, for two weeks. I have met so many different people just by having a coffee, having a chat when they come in. And from that, I have built up a couple of business connections. So not only is there uh, an office building here that is uh, technically as advanced as, as anywhere I've worked, it's brand spanking new, uh, the quality of the premises are fantastic. And to me, I, you know, I suppose I'm a bit of a traditionalist in a sense, I think that creates a good first impression to clients when you're meeting clients. But because of the, the sort of nature of the building, I'm actually getting to meet people that can potentially become clients mm -hmm. and that you can build up a business relationship with. It is very hard in the current climate to network, so you're getting the networking opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. I am. So moving on to the type of work that you do, Jarvis, what sort of cases are you dealing with at the minute on a daily basis? A, a very broad range, Sarah. Um, as I said before, I started off life as a, as a pure employment lawyer and uh, I, I did that for probably five, six years. Um, but, you know, uh, my most recent uh, in-house experience was as general counsel for uh, a global pharmaceutical company. And the reality in that role is that anything that has a faint whiff of being uh, legal will cross your desk. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless you deal with it, you then become uh, the person who is seen as the blockage in whatever the issue is. So my practice area is wide in terms of uh, I would deal with employment law, uh, corporate, commercial, regulatory compliance, um, dispute, uh, risk. Risk would be a very uh, big one in, in, in terms of uh, an in-house uh, function where you analyse what 
risks exist to the business and that's part of the sort of a, a proactive approach to providing internal legal services within a business so it in although i'm in private practice i am doing broadly the same work albeit for a variety of different clients so whereas norbrook would have been my sole client i have many different clients each of whom needs a particular aspect of the work that I, I do. So you can have clients coming to you with a an emergency or a crisis or a legal matter, or you would have clients that maybe have you on a retainer so that you're looking out and looking ahead. Um, is that something then that you would recommend? Absolutely. So uh, we, we, we took a view that uh, traditional uh, legal services tend to be uh, reactive. So the uh, client doesn't tend to go to the lawyer until the problem has arisen. And sadly, very often that is too late. So uh, Can that be more costly in the long run? It, it can, it can, absolutely it can. One of our service offerings is effectively an outsourced in-house counsel. So we want to uh, try and encourage uh, businesses, business owners, and, and, and indeed our clients to think proactively. So uh, uh, to, to undertake a, a sort of like a legal review and audit of their business to understand where problems might arise, understand where there are gaps, and understand what they need to plug that gap. Um, on a very simple basis, uh, and, and again from experience, I've acted for quite a few entrepreneurial uh, individuals, their, their desire is to create a business and to, to uh, uh, which will make a profit. So they're focused on that end game and they're very good at, at building the business. They have a strong idea, they have a strong work, work ethic. They build the business to the extent where it is turning a profit, but very often the ancillary issues as they see them, the fluffiness, the things like the contracts of employment, the policies and the procedures, et cetera, et cetera. Things that they don't view as integral to the business fall by the wayside. Is it that they see that as fluffy or is it just because, you know, at the early, in the early stages, you're building your business and the money isn't really coming in at that stage and it's about cutting costs? I, I don't think it's necessarily about cutting costs. It's about focus. And the reality is any individual, no matter how good they are or how bright they are can they cannot spread themselves across every area that a business needs to deal with initially that's what happens uh, because it's one person or two people an idea a vision a strategy they start off they start to get a bit of money in they reinvest it back into the business but uh, business owners need to take a very early proactive approach to assessing the risk so what would you say would the, are the three most important things for a business to have in place when they're starting out? Well, a plan, most definitely. Well, a plan in no particular order, uh, certainly the finance. They, they need to have uh, enough uh, uh, financial clout to give themselves sufficient breathing space for the, the business to become established. Linked to that is a plan. And uh, uh, that's where it's trying to, to persuade businesses to take a structured approach. They understand where they want to get to, 
But unless you have a plan of how you're going to get there, you could end up all over the place mm. in very simple terms. And then, you know, rather selfishly, I'm going to suggest that uh, the next mo important thing is to take appropriate counsel at an early stage. Because if even though you have a plan, even though you have the money to support you to try and make that plan a reality, unless you seek appropriate professional advice at an early stage, then uh, mistakes can be made which can prove very costly to the business in the long run. Give me an example of the kind of mistakes that you see. Going back to contracts of employment uh, as an example, um, I've seen instances where uh, significant faith was put in uh, into uh, a key individual in a business. They weren't uh, uh, an owner in the business, they weren't a shareholder, but they were effectively a key man in that business. Um, the contract uh, was not appropriately drafted and there wasn't sufficient protection on things like intellectual property and this is a business where intellectual property would be very relevant mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately there was a falling out between the key individual and the business owner and uh, let's just say there were difficulties with where the intellectual property went at that point and, and that had a detrimental impact on the business in, in terms of its ability to market its product at the time that it needed to. So contract law is key here and really protecting yourself? It's key for any business mm. to protect itself. You know, business and personal life, you know, in my view, they run on, on fairly similar, uh, you know, planes. Um, in a personal life, you want to make decisions to ensure that your family's protected, that, uh, that you know, nobody's taken advantage of you, that you're fair, that you're reasonable. So those same considerations pull into the business world and all a contract is doing is setting out the rules of engagement. This is the structure. These are the rules by which we're both going to play. These are reasonable because they're in compliance with the law. And where things go wrong, we can both go back and look at the rules. So you kind of have your foot in both camps. You're starting out in a, a new business yourself um, but and you're looking for people to come to you but why would someone choose you rather than a non-specialist firm they've used for perhaps years because in Northern Ireland we tend to stick to what we know. Yes and, and, and that is the reality so I suppose there, there, there are two different elements to this. Um, the first is I want the local sort of greater Newry area businesses to recognize that there is a, a city standard practice that can provide the services that that business needs that is uh, local here in the city. That we have an office here. I, I think that we are the first practice of this kind in, in, in the city of Newry. Um, uh, as a firm, we don't offer any criminal services. We don't do conveyancing. We don't do matrimonial. We don't do personal injury. Everything that we offer is in somehow linked to what a business will experience at some point in its life. 
So so that's one thing we want to we want to try. You know, Newry's a city in its own right. We, you know, it, it, it's growing up now. We have the we have the ability and we have the the people, and uh, you know, in the in in the concept of shop local, <laughs> we want to try and encourage the 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 successful Newry businesses to shop local. The second thing, uh, so that's one element. The second element is, and you, it's a point you made. It's quite right. Very often, people don't like change. So having to persuade or, or encourage people to leave something that they are familiar with to 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 uh, engage with something that's new can be difficult. And th this is linked to the point I made about the service offerings we don't provide. We're not a, we're not asking people to come to us to be their one stop shop for everything and. Uh, particularly in a, in, in a city like Newry, people have uh, d developed uh, long-standing relations with uh, a solicitor who has more than likely been a family solicitor for many years. Um, my own personal experience and, and in terms of my own uh, ability or lack of ability is I recognise I can't do everything. And on a very simple level, I can't see how any other solicitor can suggest to a client that they can do everything. Because you simply cannot be in the magistrate's court on a Tuesday morning, um, having prepped for whatever you had to prep for that, and then switch to perhaps draft uh, uh, 70 page articles of association that need to be bespoke for a particular client. It's very difficult to chop and change between many different areas of law. Yeah, so you know what you know and you do it well. Yes. Um, I suppose also people like to know the person that they're doing business with, and that's very true in Northern Ireland. So, you know, if people were thinking of finding out a little more about who Jervis the man is, you're also a father and a partner. And um, I wonder, are you as good at winning cases in the house as you are in the office? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Look, I've I've got uh, my partner Janice. Uh, I met in Manchester when I was living over there. Uh, I, I went to to England with the intention of staying for three years, um, one year university, two years training contract, and I ended staying about eleven and a half years. Come home with partner and one year old child. So and how does Janice find living here? She loves it. She absolutely loves it. So Janice was born in the city of Manchester, um, but we live, uh, I think, as I said, in Drummond Tee, which is a, a little rural community um, about seven miles from from where we are now. We live out in the countryside. Our closest neighbours are fields of cows. Beautiful. Yeah, it, but it very is different to metropolitan, uh, yeah, suburbia. It is. Yeah. Um, tell us about your daughters then. So you talked about having uh, one child, but you now have two. Two, yeah. So Neve is 12. She's just uh, uh, started secondary school this year. Um, great experience for her, um, albeit a different experience than what it should have been with the, 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 the new normal, as they say. And then my younger daughter, Kiva, she turned 10 uh, on the uh, 9th of November. So they're both really good kids. I couldn't ask for better kids, to be honest. Uh, they're good fun. 
They're engaging, they're musical. I'm sure they have you wrapped around their little finger. Um, are they looking likely to follow in the car- same career path then? Uh, n- no. Sadly, no, or, or fortunately, no, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, Neve wants to be a vet. Um, uh, th- that's her primary, I suppose, professional goal. She is quite a talented dancer, ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has danced with English Youth Ballet and she attends monthly courses with the um, uh, Ballet Boost. Uh, their professional teachers come over from London wow. uh, once a month and she, she dances up at the MAC uh, with it. So I think her mother... Janice would would love that to perhaps uh, morph into a career. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm I'm rather more attracted to the to the proposition of her being a vet, particularly <laughs> given the the rural uh, environment we live in. And Kiva, no, Kiva wants to be a teacher during the year, during mm-hmm. the school year, but also wants to run a little bistro cafe type thing. Perfect. Uh, so an entrepreneur. Yes, an entrepreneur. Who also will look after other people's children. She sounds perfect and I believe she's a great cook. She loves food and uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a self-confessed foodie. Um, uh, listeners uh, can't see, but if this was a television programme, uh, it would be blatantly obvious that I love food. Nonsense. Um, Christmas has been a prime example of that. Uh, What's your favourite? Uh, Favourite dinner? Mm. or What do you like to oh, cook? I, I, I love to cook Indian food. Uh, I, I had lots of Indian friends in England and they taught me how to cook all the various curries from scratch and I, I really enjoy that. So winding to a close now, Jervis, what advice would you give to students who have just graduated in law? I mean, what a difficult time to be um, a graduate um, and are beginning to start their career in a very different world? Very much so. So the, the advice is, you know, there's, there's such a range of advice and so many topics that you could uh, chat to somebody at that stage about. It depends whether they have been able to gain a place at the institute it depends whether they have they're about to start what's called a training contract in a practice um you know if if i talk to somebody who's just finished a law degree and leaving university so a law degree is very easily carried uh people you know the three years that you spend at university you can change you, you don't ever feel that you have to move into practicing law. There are lots of roles in the, the business environment that include an element of, of, of legal thinking. And, and, and legal thinking, in my view, is, you know, boils down to the ability to take a lot of facts, distill them down to what the core issues are, and to then uh, research, understand where to go to research. I go and review the law, go and review precedent, case law, whatever it is, uh, to understand the application of those facts to the law or vice versa to then reach a decision on what you're going to do. And you see it all the time in, 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 in like a compliance role in, in industry. So uh, students that have a law degree, I, I, first thing I'd be saying is that don't feel you have to move into practice. Mm-hmm. There are other jobs that you can do. 
if they are focused in, in moving into practice, then I think it would be important for them to, to get some work experience, to, to, to get an idea of, of what an office environment is like, uh, and to understand it, if, if that's going to be for them, firstly. And secondly, uh, what area do they want to practice in? Do they want to work for, like us, a city practice that have, uh, I suppose, certain specialisms? Or do they want to work uh, in like a high street practice? But those skills could take them anywhere. And that logical brain and that applying logic yes. to problem solving really is what the world needs right now. Yes, I think so. Now, finally, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there um, to, to give them the best advice going forward. It is a climate like we've never seen before. What would you say to anyone listening to this now? I would say uh, to use the, you know, use the difficult times that we've had to look inwardly at your business, to understand uh, what it is you need to do to make yourself stronger, to what you need to do to change your way of working, to make yourself stronger, to reduce risk. This, I think this is a classic example. The COVID pandemic, the initial shutdown in March, came out of the blue. Many businesses were totally unprepared for that. Many businesses won't recover from that. And part of that is, is in my view, because they weren't stable enough in the first place. So instead of taking a reactive approach, take a proactive approach. It's going to involve some time and effort, and I, I fully accept that, on top of the day-to-day -day survival that uh, many businesses are experiencing uh, in the current climate. But I think this is a, this is a, uh, this is a time that uh, it, it's make or break, uh, that uh, it, if you need to put a little bit of extra effort in now to, to, to undertake an audit of your entire business, to, to understand where the pinch points are, to understand where there are gaps and take the immediate steps now to plug those gaps. I think, it, it, you know, it, it, it could mean it could be the difference between survival and failure. Absolutely. Uh, and I think I think keeping that mindset throughout the remainder of your business life to constantly review, to ensure you remain compliant, to, to ensure that you keep up to date with uh, development because as we all know things change regularly you want to to not feel you're in a position of comfort you want to make yourself ready to deal with any changes or, or you know things that you do not have control over that that come your way yes who knows what's ahead for the rest of 2021 but i suppose if there is a positive you know people have come through they have pivoted they have shown that they're resilient um, and they have shown that when an economic shock like what we have seen hits um, it is all about being able to adapt and move forward. Jervis, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for joining me here on the Public Eye podcast. Good luck with your business. And remember, for those of you listening today, wherever you get your podcasts from, keep an eye out for all our new episodes over the next six weeks and subscribe to stay up to date. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio which is based in the heart of Newry City.
Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.